0: Kristen, in Hollywood, you go to a lot of sources to find ideas for your movies. You go to books. You go to magazine articles, real-life people, musicians, historic figures, and sometimes toys.
1: Yes, you do. You do. The Lego movie, which just came out. A great example. Which you just loved. A great example. You also loved Battleship.
0: I did not love Battleship. (laughs) I know you're saying that just to make me angry. That's a bad example, I would say. I'll tell you, an actually, not a, not, a, not a too bad example. G.I. Joe, the first G.I. Joe movie. Pretty good.
1: You are incorrect. <laughs> you
0: you, know do you feel that toy movies generally work or don't work?
1: I think the Toy Story movies were that doesn't
0: count. Those were those no. were potatoes so were invented for the for the movie. So
1: there was a real Mr. Potato Head in there. There was <laughs> oh, a real Barbie in there. a, a there real were, Slinky Dog. Okay, there was. There was. And, and you, you know, got me. But you know what? I wish they would make a movie out of for toys. What a movie called Lawn Darts <laughs> or Jarts, and then it would just be like you know how they're illegal in Brooklyn nowadays. So like we can't play Lawn Darts in Brooklyn as Wait. much as I would love to. What? Did you know we can't play lawn darts in Brooklyn? It's illegal?
0: Why? Because we don't have any lawns or what?
1: No, because too many people get killed by them in a (laughs) dense urban area. So like, have you ever tried to play? You know, you have kids, you have friends, like you go to Prospect Park. And this has actually happened to me before where I try to play bocce ball in the park. Yeah. And it's so densely populated and all the kids are so helpful that they run up and they grab the balls and bring them back to me while I'm in the middle of a game. But imagine what would happen if I was playing jarts. (laughs) So what and so jarts the movie
0: and so you 're saying there 's been a high fatality rate of, of skinny jeans clad hipsters in Brooklyn with, uh, with jarts sticking out of their chests,
1: and the poor dogs because they want to help too Aww. the dogs chase after the jarts while you 're throwing them
0: all right well we 'll write a script called the jarts it 'll be about one jart. Who wants to be something else? Who wants, to, who wants to be a bocce ball?
1: He just wants to be played with in Brooklyn. Somebody play with me. I may be deadly. It's like Edward Scissorhands only. Right. You can't right. get too close or you'll get hurt. Right. But maybe underneath it all there's love. We'll call him Pointy
0: in the script. All right. Obviously we're, t- we're talking about this because of Transformers. It's the fourth Transformer movie to come out, Age of Extinction, One of the movies we'll be talking about this week. And it's a
1: lie. Uh, It's It's not going to be extinct. No, no.
0: Number five and number six are already in the works. Of course not. We'll talk about two toy unrelated movies. One is Begin Again, the musical indie rock film from the uh, writer and director of Once. And, of course, Obvious Child, a movie that is getting a lot of buzz for its treatment of abortion. All that coming up, but first, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday.
1: And I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture producer for The Takeaway, and this is Movie Date.
2: He's a real robot man, flying in his robot land, making all Michael Bay's plans for robots. Has a lot of brand new stars. Also, some that turn into cars, aren't they a bit like you and me?
0: Well, now that we've had our fun, Kristen, let's turn to a, 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 a movie or <laughs> <laughs> a slightly more serious topic uh, with this movie, Obvious Child, which has been getting a lot of buzz for a small. Very, uh, you know, very independent movie made by uh, a not very well-known filmmaker, a no-name cast that I think not most Americans would recognize, um, and yet a lot of press on this. Tell us about it.
1: So – Unfortunately, you couldn't make it to the screening, Ray, I, I wish you could, but um, this movie is its kind of a romantic comedy, just a very trim one. It's only about 85 minutes long, starring Jenny Slate, who some people know from Saturday Night Live. The director you were referring to is named Jillian Robespierre, and it's about a woman who is a stand-up comic who her whole comedy routine is about oversharing stories about her personal life, whether it's how her sex life is going, her boyfriend cheating on her, uh, one-night stands and so on. And in this movie, she goes through a pretty terrible breakup. And while she's in her mourning period from the breakup, she drinks too much and has a one-night stand with somebody who comes to her comedy show. And she finds herself unexpectedly pregnant and possibly smitten with this guy and certain that the best decision for her is to get an abortion. Here's a clip.
2: Maybe you want to tell him no why why you don't owe him anything you don't even know this guy maybe he just deserves to know that like this happened that i'm not a psycho and i'm going to get an abortion
0: now what's interesting to me about this um is that the male character is christian
1: yes and she is very jewish in a cultural sense she's not a religious jew but she brings up pretty regularly that she's culturally jewish and that uh, this fellow, played by uh, Jake Lacey, is really, really Christian. <laughs>
0: and, and so is he, uh, in this
1: film, objecting then to her choice? Not at all. No. He's, he's really perfect, actually. He might be a little too perfect. He pursues her even though she keeps pushing him away. The reason she's pushing him away is partly because she's insecure, partly getting over a breakup with a guy who cheated on her. Partly she's pushing him away because... She doesn't want to have to tell a one-night stand that she's pregnant and getting an abortion. That's a really tough Understand. conversation with someone you've only really known for a few hours under very um specific circumstances. That's
0: understandable.
1: So what's the uh, what's the
0: what's the flap here? Tell us what all the controversy is about this film.
1: Part of it's because it's a comedy and part of it is that she is talking very openly about it and I think that also some people want there to be remorse when someone's having an abortion. Uh-huh. And in this case, she knows that this is just the thing that she has to do. It's the right thing for her to do. She has friends and family members who've had abortions and who really say, it's OK. You're not alone here. Lots of people have abortions. They don't give statistics in the movie or anything. <laughs> right. but, um, but but we all know for a fact that lots of people have abortions and that um, – Depending on which statistics you look at, uh, it could be as high as 50 percent of American women have had abortions. So what she's doing is just treated as sort of a regular thing that someone would do if they decided to under the right circumstances. And I think some folks out there wish that she would express some sort of internal conflict, a fight over this. Yeah. And what's happening is the real conf- – Which happened
0: in Juno. Juno, Juno, I think that's one of the reasons Juno got, got by was because there was a lot of um, – Teetering back and forth, a lot of a lot of guilt and doubt.
1: Yeah, and initially in Juno, you might remember she wanted to have an abortion, and then she's told at one point that babies um, have fingernails even when they're fetuses still. Yeah. and then she is in the clinic waiting to get her abortion, and she starts looking at everyone's fingernails, and then she gets up and leaves.
0: Aha! Uh-huh. Do you yes, remember that yes, in Juno? I vaguely remember that.
1: Yeah, and in and, obvious and- child the. Internal conflict is not about whether or not I'm going to have an abortion. It's how do I deal with this guy who's such a great catch, who I just had a one-night stand with, who I don't want to tell this stuff to, and who may or may not be a good romantic match for me.
0: And this apparently was too heavy for NBC, which decided that they were not going to air uh, promo clips or trailers of the film, right? That if, mm-hmm. the, if it mentioned the word abortion, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a shame. I think that too much of Hollywood... Too much of the entertainment industry is afraid of abortion and it's something that pisses me off to no end because I think it perpetuates an idea of shame around this. It perpetuates some sort of idea that uh, unplanned pregnancy is something that uh, is dirty. Just think that there are a lot of issues around – this fear of depicting abortion or talking about abortion. And we should just be talking about it more, I think. And so many movies just go the lazy way out. Like, do you remember in Singles, where we have a character who is pregnant, doesn't want to be pregnant that time, and then conveniently miscarries? Oh, the,
0: mis- the miscarriage the convenient is always the. Always, it's always a good one.
1: <laughs> it just drives me up a tree, the convenient miscarriage. Why can't we have conversations about this? Yeah. I really think that we would be better off if we would just talk about it and not conveniently, magically just have miscarriages so that we don't have to talk about it. So good date, bad date? I thought it was really well handled and I thought that, you know, Jenny Slate's character at times was totally irritating and difficult, (laughs) but at the end of it, uh, I thought it was a really sweet love story and it was well handled and it's not perfect, but... It left me leaving there feeling very good, actually. Oh, okay. All right. So I would say definitely a good date.
0: Well, as you said, it's only 80-something minutes, so I need to to fit that into my schedule. (laughs) On a much less serious topic, this is uh, a film called Begin Again that you, speaking of convenience, um, (laughs) did not go see.
1: (laughs) I conveniently did not yes, show up for that. Yes, you sure did. You because sure did. Because you know what? This is the same team that made Once. Yes. And Once is a movie that I could not stay awake for.
0: Yes. I don't know if any of you remember um, the movie Once, which came out uh, many, many years ago now. Was it 10 years ago now, just about? Um, and then eventually became a Broadway musical, which fascinated me because the the, the main thing about – once was it was about a uh, uh two musicians who meet and write a song together. And I felt that the, the, the title referred to the number of times that they had written a decent song because they, <laughs> they play the same song over, over and over. And really over it has to be about 15 again. times you hear that song in the film. It's the it's their only hit. Yeah. Um This is basically, uh, uh, you know. Something of a repeat. Now we've got Mark Ruffalo as a disgraced record executive. He's an alcoholic, divorced. He's trying to raise a a daughter, not doing a very good job of it. He's just lost his job. Goes to a nightclub, an open mic night, and hears a singer played by Kieran Knightley. Who is um, on stage, reluctantly plays one of her songs, and he's taken, he's smitten with the song. He has to produce it. He's going to produce this song and save both their careers.
1: Hold on, wasn't this movie called Music and Lyrics, starring <laughs> Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore? Oh, a few years there, are, ago? There,
0: are, there are many, many movies that you might recognize in this movie. Here's a clip.
2: But
0: What
1: do you think was it as good as music and lyrics'll yeah. <laughs>
0: i 'll say this here 's here's, here's what bugs me a little bit about this movie, and you know that I love music movies. I love music, I love movies about music, yes, and especially about the music industry. This one doesn 't seem to take place in the music industry in any convincing way. it seems to be about. Two people who just meet and decide they're going to write a bunch of music and then everything is going to work out great. And it pretends to have a handle on what's going on in the music industry. Mark Ruffalo says things like MySpace and Facebook and downloads <laughs> and things, you know, and...
1: Napster. Napster.
0: <laughs> LimeWire. And, uh, and he does get poked fun at a little bit for being slightly out of date, um, Karen Knightley says things about labels and you know co- uh, contrived images now she doesn 't want any of that there 's a little nod here and there to it, but basically the stick here is that they 're going to record an outdoor album they 're going to they 're going to set up in the streets of New York City and record this album guerrilla style and I just feel like it 's all so fake and it doesn 't get. It doesn't really convince you that these people are really have their heart in what they're doing when they go out to New York City and they recruit a band of musicians off the street to record this grassroots thing. They wind up bringing along not just a bunch of high end audio equipment to record the whole thing, but they set it up like a stage at the Beacon Theater with the uh, with an oriental rug and a nightstand and a lamp. So, they do the whole like an evening with out in the middle of like some rooftop somewhere. And I just think, are you missing the point? Isn't this supposed to be an, aren't you supposed to be busking like Mary Lou Lord or like Michelle Shocked or something and not set up, you know, a Steely Dan's living room out in the, on the, on some corner of New York City? So, the whole, and, you know, it, the movie just bugs me. And I have to say, it's got that. It's got that thing. It's just like the jazz singer. Remember the jazz singer with Neil with Neil Diamond. Oh, I thought he, you meant
1: the other jazz singer.
0: Not that. <laughs> not the. Not the original jazz singer. When he sits down and starts playing "Love on the Rocks," and you know everyone's ears prick up. Oh my God, what's that song? <laughs> it doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't happen anymore. It happens on YouTube. It happens on, you know, it happens when Justin Bieber sends a video out of someone else's song that goes viral and then you wind up with Call Me Maybe. But it doesn't happen like that anymore. And the movie seems to be ignorant of that. And at that, I have to say, is the kind of thing that bugs me on it. I found it a not very good date. I'm just going to not tell you. Not terrible? Not awful? It's not terrible. The characters are at least not irritating. They're somewhat likable. Uh, there's some very nice moments actually with Mark Ruffalo and Catherine Keener, who plays his ex-wife. Um, but overall, it just it strikes me as a fake music industry biopic.
1: Mm. Not sounds, very good date. This sounds like a bad date. I'm not going to go see this one. It was
0: very convenient of you to skip that one, and I don't think you missed
1: much. Oh, I love it when I conveniently do that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about one that I was not conveniently able to skip because nope. um, you and I went to it together.
0: <laughs> yes, we did. We
1: were talking about Transformers 4.
0: Transformers 4, Age of Extinction. Oh, I dare God. you, Kristen, to give me a plot synopsis on this.
1: Well, there was that point I turned to you. Well, maybe it happened multiple times actually <laughs> during the two freaking hours and 45 freaking minutes that we were sitting there yep. where I turned to you and I said – I have no idea of what's going on right now.
0: You certainly did. I did
1: that several times. And every time you just kind of put your arms up in there and you were like, "Ah." (laughs) eh. Well,
0: I didn't really have much of an answer for you. Um, okay. I'll try to get a brief <laughs> you. plot Thank synopsis you. of this. Um, so, yes, this is Transformers 4. It takes place a few years after the previous Transformers, which you may remember ended with the climactic battle in Chicago. Now it's the, that Chicago battle is being remembered kind of like nine one one. You know, there's posters around sort of if you see something, say something. Remember Chicago. Um we don't have Shia LaBeouf anymore. He's gone. He's no longer Thank famous, goodness. as you know. Yes. Um, Mark Wahlberg's still famous. He's playing Cade Yeager. He's a single father and a struggling inventor. He's trying to raise a sexy teenage daughter who only he wears just short looks like shorts. A stripper. Yeah, well, and he does. He does mention that at one point. Yeah. Uh, Nicola Peltz plays uh, Tessa, his daughter. Uh, She happens to be dating a um, – and I kid you not, an Irish Texas race car driver named Shane. Um, (laughs) The three of them, uh, through a long series of events, discover an old Autobot that happens to be Optimus Prime, the leader of the Autobots. But because Autobots are being hunted now by humans, especially Kelsey Grammer as some kind of federal agency official despot type – Uh, Because they're being hunted. With the help
1: of Stanley Tucci,
0: let's not forget. With the help of Stanley Tucci as sort of a a mad scientist inventor. A mad scientist inventor slash uh, Steve Jobs type, I would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joshua Joyce is the name of his character. They're all trying to uh, get their hands on the Autobots. Uh, Tucci wants to reinvent them and make his own Autobots. Kelsey Grammer wants to destroy them. And there's also an alien out there named Lockdown. Stop me if I'm losing you listeners who's trying to uh, hunt down the uh, Autobots as well. And don't forget about the dinosaurs. They come later. But, but there's right now, also this
1: magnetic spaceship. And let's not – or is that a spaceship? Let's just play a clip. What the hell happened to you? Look, it's not normal steel. I don't think it's a truck at all. I think we just found a transformer.
0: That explain it all to you? That make it any clearer for I have you?
1: no freaking idea what's going on. You know oh, what? Okay. I could follow like the first 20 minutes of the film. I was totally right. following like we have an overprotective dad. Right. <laughs> we have a daughter who insists on dressing as if the whole world is Hustler magazine all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, I get it. Overprotective dad.
0: Right, right. So you bought the family drama. Yeah. I actually kind
1: of like the family drama.
0: But you lost interest when Optimus Prime shows up. As soon as robots show up, I'm
1: like, oh, why are these robots in this movie ruining everything? Now,
0: Uh, did you you like the first two Transformers – excuse me, the first three Transformers at all? No.
1: No. Don't you remember? I hated them. They made me angry. I was so full of rage over these long, loud movies where – all of them do this thing where the the reason they're 2 hours and 45 minutes is because the final fight sequence is always 45 minutes.
0: It's hard to tell though really what's the final fight sequence <laughs> in this in this film, right? It's really where where what would that be? That that final fight sequence began at sort of like 10 minutes into the film. But <laughs> I agree with what you're saying. I liked the first two Transformers. I thought they were kind of – they were what? charming. They were kind of cute. They had a sense of humor about themselves. You could tell that they weren't taking themselves too seriously. I think things started to drag a little bit with Transformers 3. You got the military in there yeah. and all of a sudden we're all weeping because,
1: oh, the military is There's out like there. There's a lot of slow motion stuff that looks like right. it's just lifted from platoon only you have right. robots falling <laughs> like to the ground. robots. Like shaking their fists at the sky instead of humans I during know. Vietnam.
0: I know. I know. It's very It's very hard to get all. It's very hard to have that Willem Dafoe and Platoon moment when it's a robot (laughs) named Optimus Prime who can turn into a big rig. I know it's difficult for me. I can't suspend disbelief. Uh, uh, This movie was atrocious. This movie was so it's so incoherent. I feel like what happened here is you know I mean it's basically a reboot. The whole the old cast is gone. An entirely new cast. You know there's no there's not even any supporting cast unless you count a few random Autobots and. So it's, it's basically a reboot. Shia LaBeouf's name is never mentioned. He's dead to the world, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's evaporated. He's gone. There's no real through line. And I feel like they just decided that they had, they had something to prove, and they needed to just overload the hell out of this movie with every conceivable ingredient, not just from every movie you've ever seen, but almost from e- e- everything on Earth. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, spaceships, oh. dinosaurs, the CIA, a single father— Cute inventions. The Chinese government,
1: a secret element, a called secret, Transformium. <laughs>
0: Transformium. Yeah, I mean, just like on and on, you know, Beats by Dre. I mean, just every. There's literally everything. Literally oh my god, everything. I can't believe
1: they found a way to get Beats by Dre in yeah, there too. Right. That's your oh, other. That's your I other. Actually, there was that one point where I thought it was Tree of Life too.
0: I mean, there was just like so many things happening, and it really, really, and I, and it it really, you know, for one, whatever you want to say about the other Transformers movies, is they. They kept you going. There was always some action uh, that at least pulled you through to the end. This one is so long. It's so incoherent. It's so choppy. It, you, it, action just kind of explodes out of nowhere. There was there was one scene where a spaceship went spinning off into some kind of canyon, and I, I couldn't figure out, A, where the canyon was because I kept thinking, like, wait, are, is that – In is there a, Yeah, is there a <laughs> canyon near Chicago or are we in Beijing? I couldn't remember. And then um, – the film follows that spinning spaceship for so long that I started thinking, oh, wait. Is there someone in it that I'm supposed to be worried about? But there isn't. It's just an empty spaceship crashing into a canyon. And we follow it for like six, oh, like 16 seconds.
1: Yeah. And
0: it's just – it's awful. It's awful. It's the first, to me, the first truly awful Transformers film.
1: Oh, no. They're all bad. But I, the, I disagree. The, this. Oh, God. This and movie I would, is and, so awful. It makes me angry.
0: And I would not take my kids to this because of, A, what I would call extreme robot violence. That <laughs> robots are always having, like, their heads split apart, their hearts ripped Things out. Things
1: are just juicing out of their necks. Yeah, they're
0: coughing up motor oil. Their lifeblood is gurgling out of their mouths. And then there's a lot of language, like, really strong language. Stanley Tucci uh, drops the F-bomb in the middle of the movie. How are you going to take your seven-year-old to that?
1: Yeah.
0: Very baffling. Terrible, terrible date. Awful date. And I would One not, not of the take worst dates Not even ever. a kid date. Not was, even a kid date. No,
1: no, no. No one's going to like this movie. The audience was laughing at points that were supposed to be poignant. Uh everyone's going to Everyone like this movie. Everyone was laughing at it. No. Everyone's going yes, no. to Ch- and the
0: Chinese are going to love it because it makes the Chinese look really good. There's uh, that there's that great scene uh, no. of the Chinese government being really decisive and forceful. It's going to make it's, it's going to go gangbusters.
1: Bad, bad date.
0: Worldwide it's going to be a great date. Me, uh, terrible date.
1: Bad date for me too. Bad date for both of us. <laughs> I knew you would say that. Oh, it was terrible. All right. <laughs> Maybe we just need some movie therapy, Rafer.
2: What seems to be the trouble?
1: Can I confess something?
2: I'm just trying to tell you about my feelings.
0: He's been depressed. Help! Let's talk about a little movie therapy. This is the segment, of course, where Kristen and I play doctor, so to speak, (laughs) where we diagnose you and your problems and we decide what movies to recommend to you. Uh, Here is this week's movie therapy patient.
1: Hi, Rayfer and Kristen. This is Tyrone from New Zealand. I had the flu
2: all week, so I basically binge-listened to um, years' worth of your
0: podcast, and I think I'd like some movie therapy. What have you got
1: um, for being sick with the flu or sick in a foreign country, trapped in a foreign country, and being maybe a little homesick? Tyrone, you've come to the right place. Oh, we're so glad that you called us at 5717Movies with your issue here. We want to prescribe something to help you through this time. And I'm going to let you start, Rafer.
0: All right. My prescription for you, because you said you were homesick – is a movie about going home and all the uh, pains and joys and comforts and discomforts about that. It's Tiny Furniture. It's the movie that shot Lena Dunham to fame although I think even in the wake of Girls not that many people have really seen this movie. And I found it really charming, really funny. She's an aimless 20-something post-college graduate who comes back to New York, wants to live the life, but instead she's living the life with her mom and her sister in their tiny, tiny apartment, played by the way, by Lena Dunham's mom and sister. And they're Ooh. all wonderful together. They're a lot of funny scenes. You'll see all the roots, all the seeds of girls are planted in this movie. Um, but I think it's got a lot of funny scenes and a, and a real heart to it. Here's a, here's a brief clip.
1: Come say hi, sweetie. Come give me a kiss. i will be done really soon. How about if we order dinner and I let you choose what you want? Why are you going to be staying in our house? Last I checked, it's my house, too. I have a whole bedroom. You used to have a whole bedroom. It's my special space now. Hmm. And you've never seen it, Kristen? No, I've never seen it. I, I saw season one of Girls, and I have mixed feelings about it. But I do think Lena Dunham is unbelievably talented. She is, and she's willing to go places that a lot of other people won't go. I agree, and
0: she and she does that here in this movie. And and um, it was all shot, by the way, I think on a single camera, on a um, a, a single uh, an SLR, a single lens reflex. Uh, oh, sing, how do you say that? SRL, SLR? I can't remember. You know the kind of talking yes. about, like a like a professional still camera with video capability. It's a wonderful movie, and it really will, I think, give you a nice nice feeling of what it's like, both good and bad, to be home.
1: (laughs) And Tyrone, I'm going to recommend something completely different. Um, Being sick sucks, and being sick abroad really sucks. So what I wanted to do was talk about faking sickness and how that can be funny. It's completely (laughs) the opposite of actually being sick. Faking sickness is great. So- Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which takes place in the great city of Chicago. Ah, uh, yes. And we have Matthew Broderick starring as a teenager who just wants a day of fun. And he's going to go out with his best friend and his best girl, and they're going to enjoy everything that Chicago has to offer. Everything from you know baseball games to parades to that wonderful museum, the Institute of Art in Chicago. They That's are right. just going to have a fantastic day off while evading people who are trying to find him and bring him into the principal's office. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and he is just a delight. And let's play a clip for you. The key to
0: faking out the parents is the clammy hands. It's a good non-specific symptom. I'm
1: a big believer in it. A lot of people will tell you that a good phony fever is a deadlock, but uh, you get a nervous mother, you could wind up in a doctor's office. That's worse than school. You fake a stomach cramp, and when you're bent over, moaning and wailing, you lick your
0: palms. It's a little childish and stupid, but then so is high school. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it.
1: Doesn't it just make you happy? Oh, a little Smiths, a little Kira on the soundtrack. Oh, it's a great soundtrack. All of those old John Hughes movies from the 80s, fantastic. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off, it'll make you feel joyous about life. And then good about snuggling back under the covers again, I think, Tyrone. Or I hope it does.
0: Tyrone, take two of those and call us in the morning. (laughs) And now, Kristen,
1: trivia. So last week we were talking about Jersey Boys. Jersey Boys is a movie that's based on a Broadway musical a lot of of movie musicals are based on Broadway musicals, but we decided to play a clip from a movie musical that doesn't have its origins on Broadway at all. Here's a clip.
0: The language, I suppose, is kind of a gimme. (laughs)
1: Ever see this? Yeah, of course. You did, oh, and you know course. who else did? A lot of our listeners, including Rita from New York, who wrote, "I believe that movie with the song was The Umbrellas of Cherbourg," and yes, it is very nice. Movie's Rita. beautiful. I highly recommend it to all the listeners out there. It is. It's a
0: beautiful film. Uh, okay, so this week we're talking, of course, about robots. A lot of robots in movies. There are many, many, many trivia questions we could have formulated for you off of this one, but we chose. One of the best, I think. We're going to play a clip of a movie. Here it is.
2: I am ready for you. Fish, plankton, sea greens, and protein from the sea. Fresh as harvest day. Overwhelming, am I not? Are you too startled? Am I too removed from your ken?
1: What? Who are you?
0: Ah, one of my favorites. If you know that movie, and bonus points, if you know the name of that robot, give us a call. 5717movies.
1: And as always, you can visit us at facebook.com slash podcast.
0: He's a
2: real robot man, flying in his robot land, making all Michael Bay's plans for robots. Has a lot of brand new stars Also some that turn into cars Aren't they a bit like you and me? Movie date, please listen You don't know what you're missing Robot man, the world is at your command